Ah, uh, um, so how much is that? Welcome to the Podcast Editor's Mastermind, the podcast dedicated to the business side of podcast editing, where we talk all about financials and running a business and all that fun stuff. And today we have a very important topic. But before we get into that, allow us to introduce ourselves. I am Daniel Abendroth. You can find me at rothmedia.audio. I'm Brian Ensminger. You can find me at toptieraudio.com and all the way I over. am. A what? Oh. You. Me? <laughs> yeah, you. Okay. On the far end. <laughs> I am Carrie Caulfield. Eric, you can find me at yayapodcasting.com or on Instagram at Carrie Eric. And unfortunately, the fourth lady cannot be with us tonight. She has family obligations, which I guess we can accept. Um, but you can find Jennifer Longworth at Bourbon Barrel Podcasting. So if you ask a question in a group, like what's your biggest struggle when it comes to podcast editing, the number one answer is going to be finding clients. The number two answer is probably going to be imposter syndrome. And I know this is something I deal with consistently. In fact, um, my wife, Michelle, and I dealt with this earlier today, um, but it's just that we're in an industry that doesn't have a whole lot of history. So, you know, what, what what's considered good enough? Um, so today we're going to be talking about dealing with imposter syndrome um, and the benefits of actually having imposter syndrome. So before we get into like, do you guys have any thoughts you want to share about your experience with imposter syndrome? I Go ahead. Go ahead, Gary. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I feel like I live in imposter syndrome land. I've been doing this fellowship at Stony Brook University for the past year. And I am in with some impressive people, right? <laughs> you know, they have a lot of like credit in their, you know, the industries are coming from. They do amazing things. I listen to them and I cannot believe like, I feel like, oh my gosh, I don't belong in this group. They don't make me feel that way at all. It's just that's what I bring in to the group. Not, not, into, not into the group, but that's what I'm feeling. Like, I remember when I got accepted into the program, even writing the bio, I was, I wrote mine. I was trying to be like all humble and whatever. And I read theirs and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I wanted to crawl under a rock and hide. It was so different. And so it took me a while to really get comfortable and feel like these were my people because they're so talented and creative. And it's just, oh, so hard. It was so hard. Yeah. You, you, as you were talking about that, you reminded me of something because I remember when you were filling that out and you said to us something along the lines of, I don't even know what to put in my bio. Like, I don't have any credentials. And my first thought was, you co-lead the largest group of female podcast editors that I know of. And I'm like, how, <laughs> like, where did that disappear to? <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's not just about skill. It's about the fact that enough people have aligned with you to go, yeah, this is, this matters. And we're going to be part of this. I mean, that's a huge deal. Well, thank you for pointing that out. And now, like now I talk about it and I talk about it with the fellowship specifically. And one thing the fellowship taught me was how much I actually do know about this industry, about production, post-production. Like it has been re really reaffirming, but I saw those moments, right? Where it's like, oh, 
I suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I just interviewed for a really big job, right? And I'm listening to these people talk about the production process. And I'm thinking, you know, to myself, oh my gosh, I have to like fake that I belong in this conversation. I mean, I, I don't think I did have to fake it. It's just, that's how it felt. Yeah. So it doesn't go away. No, <laughs> definitely no. Away. But for me, like it does get better. So like, I guess my most recent bout with imposter syndrome actually happened today. So a service that we started offering, my wife and I, so my wife, Michelle, is a partner in the business. We've worked together for over a year now, full time. We recently started work doing podcast audits. So you pay us, we'll review your show, and we'll give you a huge list of things that you can do to make it better, things that are good, and just, you know, obviously just kind of like doing a review on it. And we have got a new client and... They've been doing it for a while. So in order to get started, we wanted to do this podcast audit to kind of get a feel for where we were. But it's in uh, a topic that we have no knowledge about. And so going into it, it's just like, what, how, how are we going to do this? Like, we, we don't know what to say. Like, we don't know what to do. And we're just like really nervous about it. And then like towards the end, so we're talking to two people and they're just like blown away by what we had to offer. So it's just like... <sighs> Dealing with like that, you know, more than you give yourself credit for. It's kind of a big thing. Yeah, I think for me, a lot of times it takes probably one of two different forms. Either I don't want to reach out to people because I, th- I just I give them credit for giving me a no before I even ask. Or I'm afraid to move forward even in spite of like all indications being to the positive. So one that came up this week actually is there's a, a client that I work with that wants to run a short run project that will be maybe a couple times a year, maybe longer, don't know, but it's going to be a lot of work for a short period of time. And on that call, they said to me, you're the only person on our list. You're the, you're the person we want to have work on this. And my first thought when they said, but we need you to give us pricing was, well, they probably won't be willing to pay. Right. Or, Mm. you know, that I should probably I start negotiating against myself saying, okay, I appreciate that they say that. But will this change their opinion of me or like other ridiculous stuff like this when they they literally said, okay, yes, we have a budget or we, we don't have it yet, but there will be a budget. And so we'll have to come in on budget. But they also said. But if it's not you, we don't have anybody else to call. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm sitting there arguing with myself about sending the, and yes. I still haven't sent the proposal. I've got till the, the end of the week to work out the pricing because it's a little bit interesting, right? It's, there's not going to be a lot of overhead because it's all coming through one group, but it's going to be a lot at once and then nothing. And then a lot at once and then nothing. And so my question is, how do I plan for that surge capacity, mm-hmm. but also give them what I think is a reasonable rate? Cause it's probably not the same as my standard per episode rate just because it is kind of all coming at once. It's one short run show that I can process and go on. So I'm, I'm still working through that, but that's how it kind of worked out for me was like <laughs> that one going, they said this and still I'm scared. Like why yeah. in the world am I scared to do this? I, I get stuck in the same thing. And as a matter of fact, I had a, a like a coaching discovery call or consultation this afternoon and I've gotten more comfortable saying, okay, like here are the steps that would happen if you decide to work with me and here's the rate. And I've gotten a, a lot more comfortable being like, this is the rate. 
But I'm always like, I feel bad, like saying it's, you know, X amount of dollars per session and you probably need X amount of sessions. So this is what you should prepare for. Like, so I'm doing that. Oh my gosh. Once I tell them how much it costs, they're going to say no. Yes. Yes. So I got to lower the price before I send it to them. Right. And then it's going to be this whole conversation about why is it so expensive? And like, how do you really try? Like, and it's, I build it up in my head. It's just a story I have. And it's completely like never happened. Like it's never happened. Like it's maybe happened once Mm -hmm. and that's it. And it was with a friend. So, you know, and I was like, I just can't do any lower because like I won't make any money. Like that, that decision is like, when is it really too low? Like that mm-hmm. decision's easy because like I'm not paying you to make a podcast. <laughs> That's not the situation we're going to be in. Got a um, couple of comments. So Brian, Steve Stewart said, hashtag I feel you. And hashtag I feel you too, Carrie Copularic. <laughs> Steve. And then Steve Stewart commented, I get most nervous talking with my peers who are super smart because I am small against amongst giants. But then they turn around and call me an expert. Somehow I've got them fooled, smiley face. Yeah, Steve, you don't have us fooled. No. Yeah, I would never no. like well, no, I would never think that Steve would have imposter syndrome. Right. That's that's like I never would have expected that. No. Because no. I mean, Steve, you always sound so knowledgeable and so confident. And I look to you and I go, if anybody would know what I should do, Steve. it's probably Steve, but he's probably also busy. So <laughs> right. Right. It's that. Yeah. Like I talk I to mean, him more in my computer than, or like, you know, at my screen than I do. <laughs> and I, I think I saw something that today on Facebook that he's managing like 20 plus shows at this point. Like, yeah, I'm struggling to get near 10, much less 20. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't get it. So, yeah, I guess it's all of us. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag I have you fooled too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that just kind of shows like, okay, so like, and here's a point that probably should be made. So I feel imposter syndrome is a good thing because Carrie, you've made this point before because having imposter syndrome shows that you care. Yeah. And that you have a lot of passion and like you care about what you're doing because like the people I feel, and this isn't backed up any science or anything, but like the people that really don't have imposter syndrome are the ones that just go out guns blazing. They promote product or service or something that is of a subpar quality. So like if you are dealing with imposter syndrome, by the time you actually put yourself out there, you probably fine tune your message and fine tune what you're doing and build your knowledge to a substantial point. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a sweet spot with imposter syndrome where there's that tension mm-hmm. of always understanding the gap between where you are and where you'd like to be. But I think there's also, if you let it, it will keep you from ever moving forward. And I've seen this in a lot of podcasters where all they need to do is get one more course or all they need to do is buy one more microphone. I talked to a guy several years ago that if he actually had all of the stuff that he had, it was like $20,000 worth of gear, including tons of like, now I don't know if he actually had all the stuff, right? But if he had everything that he had, then he has way more than he would ever need. And he was still going, but I'm not sure, like, do I have the right stuff? And I'm like, um, yeah, I don't know if you know how to use it, but I'll, I'll buy it from you for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I, I wasn't like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm like, I started with a Logitech 
H920 headset that should never be used for podcasting because it is so abysmal, like even Skype won't recognize it. It's a user. No, it, it'll recognize it, but it's, it really, it's terrible. Yeah, it's but not it's even better Skype than a laptop quality. microphone. I will throw that out there. Yeah, as long as you keep it away from your nose, which I didn't do a great job of. So you get this <laughs> no, nose. Anyway, let's leave nose. the nose right. stuff behind right. and move on to somebody else. <laughs> But yeah, you, you can't let it hold you back. As a podcaster, as a podcast editor, yeah, you want to get better. Yeah, you want to stretch. But if you always stay at that place of I'm not good enough yet, you'll never actually get better because it's that stress of needing to deliver results that leads to the the most impressive changes, at least in my experience. Well, I feel like the only way to get through it is to actually do the, do the thing, do the work mm-hmm. that is scaring the bejesus out of you and showing up despite the fact that you have imposter syndrome and just doing your thing. I mean, I like to use it kind of as a motivator, a motivator, as a motivator. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so when, when I'm feeling imposter syndrome, usually it's one of, one of two things, or it tells me one of two things. One is that it's time for some growth and I need to just push through it. And then the other, the the flip side of that is, I need to stop looking at what other people are doing and comparing myself because I think that half of the imposter syndrome I have is just from like scrolling Facebook or Instagram and hearing about like all the amazing things that people are doing and being like, gosh, you know, what's wrong with me that I don't do that? Or what's wrong with me that I don't have that particular success or like that I'm not creating this content or, you know, something like that, where I'm just comparing myself to what other people are doing. And that's not healthy, you know, at all. I would have to agree. And getting to see behind the scenes into the businesses that you have, that also has given me, I think, a good picture of what's possible. And so then I have to fight a bit that imposter syndrome too, because I feel like I've got you all in my corner to speak Southern for a second. I feel like you're there. But at the same time, I look at Daniel and what he and Michelle are doing and right. <laughs> what, what, you, what you're doing, Carrie, and the ways that you're moving forward. And I think some of the things that I think are coming based on so, a little bit of what you shared. And I'm like, man, these guys are going to outrun me. Like, I'm, I'm struggling just to keep up with their dust. But then I've also got you back there saying, but yeah, you can you can do this, right? I mean, because I bring my stuff, I'm trying to run my race as best I can. And you guys are going, well, yeah, do it. And I will add that there's probably hundreds of people that are looking at you, Brian, saying, I wish I could keep up with him. It's because of the hair. I'm way more aerodynamic (laughs) because of the haircut. (laughs) For those listening, I'm bald. Okay. (laughs) No, but I think there are so many things that you excel at that I don't like when it comes to like being organized and making a spreadsheet and like even keeping that balance between your business and your life. I feel like you were so like you spend time with your children. Occasionally. Yeah, I did today. I got a good hour. Yeah. Well, like I have, a, I get, that's not something I'm good at. Like I just get sucked into what I'm, a, this is a, like a huge complaint with my family. Okay. We're having some therapy now. Like yeah. when I t- had vacation, I really had to work on taking that time off, making sure that like I spent time with my husband, with my son, that we spent time as like a family because I can work a 16 hour day and never see anybody. Right. And obviously that causes, and that may be why it's like, if you're seeing my dust, please know that there is some 
issues I need therapy with behind. (laughs) (laughs) Like it is not glamorous. It is like causing some conflict. And that's something that I'm, that I'm addressing, but there are things that I struggle with that I see you do really well. I think it must only look like that from the outside because actually that's absolutely stuff that I struggle with as well. Oh, see, Um, see, to use a, a speed limit analogy. I feel like there's a speed limit sign that says 75 about 30 miles ago. And I just keep going. Right. And I don't think that's actually healthy. And it's something that I've like, I've identified over the last couple of weeks as I've spent a little bit of time journaling, you know, like that three minutes a day where I get to think. And as I've gone through that, I'm like, I am in my business, the single point of failure. I am the bottleneck. There is no other bottleneck but me. There is no other failure point. I mean, I've got I've got one editor who does a little bit for me, but if I want this to be sustainable, I have to figure out how to get other people here. Or I, I want to say this with respect because I don't want to sound demeaning, but what that makes me is only a freelancer. And I don't want that to be demeaning toward people that are freelancers, but I want to be a business owner. And right now I'm in a business owned owner, right? I am a freelancer and I am the failure point and I've got to figure that out. But even if you are like a business owner and like I have people that help me, but I'm still the failure point. Like that doesn't go away just because you're a freelancer. Like ultimately everything is your responsibility. It's you, the client's going to be upset with if something goes wrong, right? Like even if they have a contact with another person. Like when Karen wants to complain to the manager, you're the manager. So it like, <laughs> yeah. and, and this is just a great example of how you can look at other people and be like, I want to be like that and feel like, oh, I'm not getting there. It's, but it's not much different, right? It's still messy and crazy and full of problems. <laughs> Yeah. Like, why would anybody want to be a podcast editor? It might be the theme of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. One thing to keep in mind when you're comparing yourself to others, like we've kind of demonstrated here, nothing is as it seems. Just like you can't compare yourself to what you see on social media because people only post the best of themselves. They only post the good news, only post like the best that's going on with them. They And they don't talk about... Uh, they don't talk about when the client yells at them. Yeah. They or don't is talk mad about at them. You miss a deadline or you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or accidentally leave in an audio clip where you shouldn't. And then mm-hmm. the podcast's already been published. To... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So just know, like, <laughs> there's always going to be somebody better than you. And there's always going to be somebody looking up to you. And nothing is as glamorous as it seems. And like kind of to the opposite effect, like Carrie, you go 75 miles an hour constantly. Like I struggle with actually getting motivated and like, and then beat myself up for it. Cause like, I can't work 16 hours a day. I just get too drained. My problem is I can't feel satisfied or I can't feel okay taking a break. So like, I don't work hard. Like I kind of stumble through the day getting things done because like, I can't stop and like enjoy myself because like, well, I have this episode that's that I need to do. I have this I need to do. Like I should be doing this. I should be posting more content. I should be blah, 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 blah. And I kind of beat myself up over not doing enough. Can we talk about that? Because yes. this is, before I, we, sorry, I before, struggle Let me with interrupt this. you. Okay. If you are watching this live and you do have your own 
issues and only struggles with imposter syndrome, please leave a comment and we would love to discuss this amongst us like on the show. So yeah. please like don't be shy like put your struggles or your successes cuz Steve says I've learned one of the best defenses against imposter syndrome is when speaking to a potential client is when speaking to a potential client, excuse me, is this they are talking to you. There must be a reason they are speaking with you versus someone on Upwork. So while I suffer from imposter syndrome, I must have something they want even if it's just editing their audio. So if you do have wins or successes, or if you're struggling with something, please drop it in the comments and we will love to talk about it. So sorry, Carrie, go ahead with what you're going to say. No, and I, and I like to talk about Steve's comment further too. But I'm saying like, so it may not seem like imposter syndrome when you're like having this discomfort with taking breaks or taking, I don't know, vacation or just time off or, you know, you decide to go do something fun instead of work. But I feel like we have the difficulty of taking a break because we feel like if we're not actively doing the thing, then like we're not, I, I guess, I don't know, worthy or we're like we are imposters because other people who are doing what we do are working right now. Like, I feel like that's constantly in the back of my head. Like, mm -hmm. well, mm -hmm. why would I watch this, you know, binge watch this Netflix show for like three hours when so-and-so is probably like developing this whole new like project management system or a course or, you know, doing all these reels kind of thing. Like, Yes. Like I see people on social media, like putting out great content and I don't want to call anybody else. I'm not mentioning any names when I see this because like they're killing it and I don't want them to, you know, I don't want to anyway, but you see them like doing these things. It's like, I should be doing that, but I'm not. So right, I was for, I'm I, watching Netflix. Exactly. <laughs> or I'm playing a video game or like I'm just reading or cross stitching. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and I feel, but I feel like I've been trying to tell myself lately that just because I'm taking a break doesn't mean it isn't an active, productive process. Because when I'm burnt out, when I am drained, when I am tired, I can't serve everybody and I can't serve my business to the best of my ability. Like I need that time, that creative recharge. So it's, an active relaxation or an act active downtime. Like it's me recharging my batteries. And I've even on vacation, I had to continually tell myself, well, it's okay because I'm just drained and I need to be able to like come at this and my business from a fresh recharged perspective. Yeah. I, I think along those lines, if, somebody watching struggles with something like what Daniel's talking about, where you just feel like you always have to be working. Rest assured, I feel the same. And what I've had to do might be valuable for you. Basically, I had to decide to budget my time and to allocate a certain amount of it to rest. Otherwise, I literally wouldn't do it. And so I'm not trying to propose my particular method, but I tried to put guardrails on my day where I don't start before a certain time and I don't end after a certain time. And I, for example, take a lunch or something like that so that I've got some time. 
I'm not saying that I hit it 100% of the time. In fact, last night I was way off because I, frankly, I missed a client deadline because I had the wrong date down. And so I was like, well, I got to get this done. So I did it, right? That's what you do. But by and large, I try and live by that kind of thing. Because if I don't put those intentional speed bumps or guardrails in my life, it will be an unhealthy thing that will have my kids hating me for the rest of their lives. And I would encourage that everybody else, you know, if you're in that boat, consider something like that. Yeah, I would like, that's actually a really great idea. And I do maybe not, I'm sure yours is pretty organized as far as, <laughs> no. you know, I'm no, no spreadsheet involved. Just a journal. <laughs> Just a journal. Okay, so I try to stop working at six. And when I'm especially struggling with this, I will turn on my autoresponder for my email. And then, well, I think that's probably the only thing I really do. Oh, and then I've been saying no to work on weekends, right? If somebody asks me, like, can you have this done mm. by, you know, on Saturday? I'm like, no, I can't. Not unless you want to work on Saturday, like, and they don't, nobody wants to work on Saturday. Right. So I have been guarding that and it's weird to mm -hmm. have free time. <laughs> I feel like we could have like an entire episode on budgeting your time. Yeah, I, actually, that's a good idea. All right. We'll make a uh, note of that. <laughs> but I wanted to touch on Steve's comments about the potential client choosing you and mm -hmm. how that is an excellent reminder that people are, when they book that call, when they hire you, they are choosing you. They are like affirming you're not an imposter. You know what you're talking about. You know, there's an opportunity to be okay with not knowing everything, I think, and having, enjoying that relationship. Because I think people, I found when I say, oh, I don't know exactly, but I can find out for you. I feel like people respond to that. Like, they don't want you to be perfect. They don't want you to be such an expert that you can't, like, communicate with them or that you're not likable or, you know, that kind of stuff. It's easier to relate to. So one thing, I think Carrie mentioned this. I'll give an example about overcoming imposter syndrome is just do the thing. So for me, like, my one of my sources of imposter syndrome is my expertise as a Reaper user and like just doing it is just like just creating these videos. So my thing is like, I, I, a big cause of positive syndrome for me is how others perceive me. So a lot of times, like I won't ask a question in a Facebook group because I don't want other people thinking that I'm not an expert. So like, I'll answer questions if I know them, but I won't propose a question myself for fear of not knowing everything, kind of what you're talking about a second ago. So like one holdback for me of the Reaper content that I create is like, if I put out a video and somebody's like, well, that's not the right way to do it. Then it's like, oh, well, like, who am I to say anything now? So like, as far as just doing it, it's like now it's like I am putting out Reaper content and just like hoping for the best, but like knowing that like I do have some expertise I think your videos are so good. <laughs> like, I think that you explain things really clearly. And I get that imposter syndrome feeling in that respect, because this is what happened to me. I was teaching an audition workshop. So people had paid to be there. 
And I was like explaining something to them and somebody was like, well, can't you just do that thing that, I mean, it wasn't part of my workflow. It wasn't a feature I used, but I was like, oh no, do it this way. But like, as he was like questioning me on it, boy, did my confidence Mm. sink. And I felt like, like it shook me. Right. Because here's somebody like, I don't think he was doing it like, meanly at all but he's like you know pretty much this is how i do it and i'm like all of a sudden i started questioning myself like oh my gosh why am i here why am i charging for like oh it was a nightmare and that was like the beginner's workshop and i had to go back and teach in an intermediate workshop so <laughs> that was very uncomfortable and i had to like really sit with that and think like, okay, well, why don't I use that? Like I had to go through this whole process and it's still like, it's kind of uncomfortable even talking about like, you caught me, I'm an imposter. Let me ask you this. Do you feel like that helped at all? Like getting that criticism and then dealing with it? I think that it reaffirmed to me in the long run. And this has been, you know, months and months ago just how many different ways there are to do things Mm -hmm. in audio, right? Like, I don't think it changes the outcome of what was going on, right? And I think it was a a different way to, like, change the game, right? And it was totally valid, but, like, I was so unfamiliar with the tool that it was, like, Mm. I was, it was awkward. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm, like, no, no, don't, just, just do it this way. Just do it the way I'm teaching you. And the, the other thing is I didn't have a great response at the time to that. Like, I mean, it was nice and everything, but I just wasn't quick on my feet with like, oh yeah, well, there's so many different ways to do things. I was so taken aback by it that it actually flustered me. Mm. So one of the things that I go back to when I hear things like that is what my college music theory teacher taught us, that there's more than one way to the cafeteria. She was teaching us music theory, and basically there's more than one way to do things. And her point was, there's more than one way to get to the cafeteria. And if you're hungry and you know one way, then go that way. Or in your case, if you've got people that are hungry and you know a way to get there, at least you're taking them there. There might actually be a better way. But the fact is, you are taking them there. You're getting them to the required destination. Nobody else was, right? That's very true. That's very true. But I think... What I have encountered giving these types of workshops is that people who think they're beginners, and it has to be an imposter syndrome thing, right? So they take the beginner's course, but they're not beginners, right? So that's an interesting way I've seen it show up, imposter syndrome in other people. Because I'm like, dude, you could have totally just skipped the beginner's course and taken the intermediate or advanced course, right? Yeah. So Facebook comment from Kareem. I have the perfectionist overanalysis final paralysis syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Perfectionism, I think, is a, a symptom of imposter syndrome. Yeah. I mean, we, we see this in groups all the time, right? Like, not as an editor, but like for podcasters, I'm afraid to mess up my show. I'm afraid that I'll get the wrong name or I'm afraid I'll get the wrong artwork or as an editor... You know, I'm afraid that I'll mess something up to the point that I won't even launch my own show to practice editing. I mean, I've seen that a number of times, Mm -hmm. too, where people are wanting to upskill, but they won't edit. I'm like, how are you going to, what are you going to do to get the skill? 
you know, think. <laughs> I tried that for a while. It didn't work very well. Once I did launch a show, I got a lot better. Well, one thing that the perfectionism piece that I notice gets me every single time is that first episode to a new client. Yes. Like, how long do you spend on that? Um, a little bit longer because you've got to develop the template. But I also always preface it with, this is us getting to know each other. So let me know if you've got any feedback for this. It may not be exactly what we thought we were talking about when we wrote everything down. So let me know if we've had any miscommunication or misunderstanding of what was included. All right. But how many times do you listen to the file and like tweak things before you send it off mm. with that email? Nope. <laughs> no, really? That's not no. an issue for me, yeah. No, because I mean, that God, is me always... literally wanting to get them to listen to the file and give me feedback that I can use to then get the production writer the next time. But if I listen through and tweak again, they're not actually getting my editing experience. They're getting my re-editing experience. And so I'm setting them up for disappointment if they thought that was... Because mm. I, I don't listen through again, right? I edit the file. I make sure that I'm right. I check the specs. I you know, check a couple of things, spot check some stuff, make sure it all sounds good. But I don't listen to the whole thing again. Right. Now, my perfectionism, I am like trying to get that first file for them. No. Perfect. Like it drives me crazy to the point where like I actually have to stop and tell myself enough, enough. You're not making this any better. You're just making this take a long time. And then I have to remind myself that it there is an adjustment period. Yeah. Um, with the first few episodes and they'll give me that feedback, but oh boy, yeah. I get trapped mm -hmm. in that. And that's when imposter syndrome really does kick in for me is that first one. Cause now I'm like, oh, they're going to want their money back. They're going to think I'm a terrible editor <laughs> and all this, this whole like. Has that ever happened? No. So you have a success rate of currently 100%? I think so. Yeah. For that first episode. So I'm it might seem like you could let go, maybe lower but... the net one rung, you know, maybe not go without the net, but maybe you could lower it one rung and see if you can still fly on that trapeze. That's, that's the metaphor I'm working with here. Trapezes and stuff. Trapeze. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Steve Stewart has a cure for perfection, perfectionism, uh, a deadline. But what if you work early, Steve? And like, cause I will, I will get, get it finished. Well, maybe I'll just start a little bit later, but like, you know, I'm always trying to like get the first one in early. Maybe set the expectation during the onboarding being like, so the first episode is going to take a little bit longer. I um, do. I do but then, that. But then like give it, give yourself like you'll get the first episode back within like this and make that. So like it's easy to ignore self-imposed deadlines when it's only you holding yourself accountable. Yeah. But if you tell your client, like I will get you episode one here. So you have time to review it make sure kind of what Brian's saying, like we get to know each other. I can learn what you want, whatever tweaks you want. So just making sure like you have a strict deadline during the onboarding that you can't keep doing this. What, whatever smart. your deadline normally would be, back it up by 20% for review. Mm -hmm. And then say, normally it's a, for me, it's a seven day turnaround. Normally I do seven days. For this one, I'd like to get it to you in five days so that you have a chance to listen to it. Make sure that we've communicated appropriately about all the things that you want done. That way, if you hear something, like maybe you thought something was included, whatever, you can have that conversation. But because the, the part that takes me the longest or should take me the longest on a new edit isn't the editing. It's the mixing. 
right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I don't know their speech patterns yet. Yeah, I'm learning that. So it's going to slow me down a little bit. But the part that takes longer is I don't yet know how I want to treat their voices because I don't yet know what I'm going to be getting from them. So, you know, if I get a Zoom recording, how much bass am I going to have to add so that it actually sounds like a voice? I, I don't know yet, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I'm going to do that from now on. I'm going to... My encouragement would be, you know, if it takes longer, take take longer on the mixing side, but do the edit the way the edit is, right? So that you're getting them your experience. I mean, it'll probably take a little bit longer because maybe you can't process it 2x like you normally do. I don't know how you edit, but for me, usually the first edit, I have to do it 1x because I don't know yet how their phrasing and pauses are going to work. I never do 2x because I don't trust my perception of time like mm. converting those cut like you know how long a silence should be right right yeah and hindenburg makes it really easy to switch back and forth so if i need to hear a section in one x i just change it audition does not well so but i don't use reaper audition. you can make it all right <laughs> yeah i usually do 1.5 all right so question from chat from kareem oh and special shout out if you are looking to get away from Facebook groups and still want a podcast editing community, he has created a Discord server for podcast editing. Oh, cool. So do reach out if you are interested in joining that. So his question is, do you think imposter syndrome happens a lot more to professionals who take care of just technical editing without a holistic approach to offering a pack of services? So I have my opinion on this. I want to hear what you guys have to say. I think it can happen to anyone. Nobody's immune to imposter syndrome. It's my guess that everybody deals with it sometimes. You know, even in my day job where I'm essentially the person that does what I do, there are still days when I walk in and say, you know what? All things being equal, if I walked in with my credentials right now, they probably wouldn't hire me for this job. But the fact is, I mean, it's it's for real because I don't have a, a degree in math and engineering, right? But at the same time, I am the person with this job and they don't have anybody else. And that's not like a point of leverage for me. That's just the reality. I'm the guy. Yeah. And I think in my conversations with all sorts of different creative people or just people who are just good at what they do. And I'm thinking also like the really big like podcasters and sound designers I've gotten to talk to in the fellowship, they have all mentioned like some sort of imposter syndrome, which makes me feel a lot better Mm -hmm. about having imposter syndrome. I would be suspicious of anybody who had zero imposter syndrome. I'd be like, hmm. Well, yeah, I, I think even the people that appear to not have imposter syndrome. So I think of like the bro marketing guys where they've got like this big car and all that stuff trying to advertise this program to make money on Bitcoin or whatever it is. The fact is they do have imposter syndrome or they wouldn't think that they need to have the pretend big car that they rented for a day to take the photo shoot and the models that they hired to pretend to be like they wouldn't need all of the trappings to be pretend if they felt like what they had to offer and who they were as a person was actually enough. No, they just show up regularly, like, yeah. you know, in their pajamas. Like, people in their pajamas don't care. They don't have <laughs> pot. Like, they don't care what other people think about them, I think. Like, I'm just, I'm not saying, like, it's bad to wear your pajamas. Like, sometimes I show up in my pajamas. <laughs> but those are the days that don't have imposter syndrome, right? I'm like, this is what I do. These are my skills. Take it or leave it. 
right? I have those great days. But I think we're all programmed to care about what people think about us too, right? I just, I was editing a podcast today, Lessons from a Quitter. Shout out to Goalie because she's awesome. The topic of the episode was fear of what other people will think about you. And she pointed out that we are tribal people. You know, back in the caveman days, if people didn't like us, if we didn't do a good for our community, like we would literally be excommunicated and we would die of starvation and cold and hunger because we didn't have anybody to help us like survive. So, you know, as I think about one of our first interactions, when we first got together in the mastermind, I don't know if I shared this with all of you, but my thought, my initial thought was when we were getting connected was... I'm not quite sure why they let me into this group. I'm pretty sure they're going to kick me out. What can I do to make sure that I'm, <laughs> I'm valuable enough as a person to stick around? Like that, and that was what three years ago, and you haven't kicked me out yet. So has it been three years? I don't you, know. We've been close. No, yeah. wow. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Honestly, I had the same thought. I, 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 I do too. not belong in this group at all. And, yeah. and you were the one that set it up, Daniel. <laughs> I just want to point that out. I was like, and then, you know, just hearing like the stuff that you guys were doing was like blowing my mind. Right. And I was like, oh, I hope I can be as good as they are one day. And then when Jennifer, like, it just, you know, you guys are awesome. And like, (laughs) sometimes I'm just like, like, I wish I could make videos like Daniel or, you know, do the math like Brian, like, or even just like the mixing math. He's like, oh, just like use this formula to like level it right. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, that never thought it ever even occurred to me. Um. So maybe that's a, a treatment for imposter syndrome is a mastermind. Finding a community of like a small group that you can be open with. I, I think it is. I, I think that what one of the things I've really gotten from you guys is like the confidence because when I need a reality check, I can like ask you guys or I can like say I've been struggling with this and you'll be like, girl, please get over it. You're awesome. (laughs) And I feel like if something or goes wrong or I have a challenge, then I have my own little support group. Right. I mean, yeah, we, Mm -hmm. we do that like all week long. Like, oh my gosh, this is a issue I can't deal with. What do I do? And yeah. So we meet once a week. So every other week we have a private session or on the other weeks we do live stream, but we have a Facebook chat that we're constantly talking in. I yeah. agree. And, and it's been, <laughs> Thanks, well, I'm saying like, that's why I think in the newsletter, I, I think I may have titled something like your imposter syndrome support group, because I really do think you need those supports mm-hmm. to also like, you can't do it in a, in a vacuum. You will go crazy. Yeah. And I feel like we should probably say, that, you know, if you don't have a group like this yet, if you're not part of the podcast editors club or part of the podcast editors mastermind, which is our private group. Or uh, if you're a woman uh, or uh, not a male, Just Busters is another great place. Yeah. Consider joining those. And if you want to maybe up level a little bit and get access to additional trainings, the podcast editor academy that Steve Stewart runs along with Mark Deal is a great option. I'm a member of that. I pay for that every 
Well, last year was free because I went to the conference, but I'll be paying for that every year because there's good stuff in there. There's DAW thing that Daniel did on Reaper, right? You, mm-hmm. you did a DAW, DAW overview. Uh, mm-hmm. Carrie's got some stuff in there. Also access to discounts. Didn't intend for this to be a sales pitch, but the fact <laughs> is if you don't have a community, there are places for you to start connecting and to get resources and to upskill and to maybe get connected to a, bu- a group of people that either tell you, you know, you need to suck it up, buttercup, and get your booty in gear. Or, yes, you really can do this. Like, whatever it is that's holding you back, when you're starting to be surrounded by those people, then they can speak into your life in a way that might encourage you forward. Absolutely. You know, just knowing that other people have imposter syndrome, or like mm-hmm. just hearing somebody else say, me too, this has happened to me, and getting a little advice on, here's what I tell myself, Right. Sometimes that's suck it up buttercup. Sometimes it's you've got this, right? <laughs> and I would say also add like put yourself out there. So I know Steve Stewart's looking for people to do live streams in the editors club. If that's too much, maybe you can just create a post on like how to do something better. Or even just as much as it's going into these Facebook groups and commenting on people's problems. Like if you have the answer, tell them. And like, the more you do that, the more you see, like you do have knowledge, like you do have expertise. You may not have all the expertise and that's fine, but you probably know more than you give yourself credit for. So put yourself out there. And then having somebody you can go to. So here's what I do for like anybody in Just Busters who like has never done any public speaking or never done a live stream is I will be their test dummy is that that's not maybe not the right their test audience like i will go through the process with them so that they feel ready and confident and like if anybody listening needs help with something like that you know they're putting you're putting yourself out there and you just need to run something by someone like send us a message because we're total dorks and we'll be happy to kind of support you in whatever way we can because i think that podcast editors in general need to be more public facing because we're saving people from bad audio, like one mm-hmm. podcast at a time. And, and let's do that more. Right. So everybody can sound better. Well, if you're interested in joining the podcast editor Academy, or you need links, to anything, be sure to check the show notes to put everything in there. If you're watching it live, we got all the links in the comments. So shall we get into our, uh, delightful question of the day. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to the people in the chat. For those of you that have been here, thanks for doing that. Here is, if you haven't already, your chance to respond with your amazing answers, because we'll be answering this live, but you get your chance to answer our ridiculous question in the chat. This is a Poddex question of the day. It is not sponsored by Poddex. They'd probably tell us to stop if they knew we were doing this, but we're going to do it anyway. So today's question is, how much would someone have to pay you to eat a live spider? $500 million. $500 wow. million? No, million. I do it million. million. Okay. Yeah. But I you, might Dan? need some chocolate sauce. Chocolate sauce. allowed. So can we get specifications on the spider? Like how big is it? Is it poisonous? You know, oh. I was thinking that was going to be my question too, right? Because like a tarantula, I'm sorry, I'm not touching that 500 million or not. I think there is zero amount that is available that would give me the willingness to eat that. However, extreme hunger might push me over the edge. So we didn't talk yeah. about being starving to death. 
but I still, I don't know. The l- little tiny one, mm, I'm still at no, but <laughs> <laughs> Look, <laughs> about not going to lie. It? You offer me 50 grand, like I'll probably eat a spider as long as it's not venomous or poisonous or. I- I'm thinking of a little tiny house spider, little right? Fa- so as yeah. long as I get to choose the spider. Oh, like then... a platter of spiders. You just grab the one you want, like we're Klingons <laughs> or something. <laughs> Right, because like I didn't consider like a tarantula or anything like that, or like black widows or whatever point. Like I didn't consider the type of spider. So yeah, I I may I mean depending on the spider, I may just have to absolutely say no. Sorry, the comments are golden. Uh, John says I can get paid for that. Kareem agrees with me that if it's if you won't die, 50K is a good number. Uh, Helen King says, can we crisp it up a little bit? <laughs> I mean, as long as it's still alive, because that's yeah. the requirement. The live is the key, because right. like if it can poison me, like a black widow, like if it can bite me on the way down, like, you know, I'm probably not going to do it. But well, it's not. Realistically, it's going to die quickly. Yeah. I need to do re- yeah. I, I, I'm okay I with fifty k. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I if I won't die, I'm with Kareem on this one. If I won't die, fifty k. Nice. <laughs> I'd have to go a little bit. I'd have to be higher than that. Like I would That's really fair. struggle with eating a live spider. Like so I, I figure know the I chat would. lights up once a pod deck comes. Out. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> So the funny thing is, if you were to ask like people that do surveys and stuff, typically you see things like fear of speaking in public ranks higher than death, although I'm not sure that's actually true. I think it's just perception. Mm. But I don't know. I might choose death over spider. It's a tough call. Wow. Cause, wow. Cause, I mean, because you got to actually eat the thing, right? It's not like, unless you do death yourself, death kind of happens to you. And I have mm-hmm. no intention of like actually doing death myself so but like so i'm thinking like i have accidentally eaten an ant red and black so it can't be that much different look i'm just saying people say one thing when it's a hypothetical question but somebody comes up to you with a briefcase full of money are you gonna say no i i think you might change your mind when you actually see the green you know i don't know i mean thank goodness this is hypothetical because nobody's gonna pay you fifty thousand dollars pod decks pay us to eat spiders (laughs) On a live stream. Uh, you can ask him. No, I'll I don't be, think I'm, I'm going to be sick that day. <laughs> be careful what you ask for. <laughs> like, if I get to choose a spider that's a little bit different, and I might even choose, like, a spider plant. Oh, you know, I hadn't thought about that. Do you have to eat the whole Loophole. thing or just, like, a leaf? I would say just, like, but like you, because technically you can grow a spider plant just from, like, one of the little leaves. So that's, like, a spider plant. Like, you know... I mean, I think we've found our new motivation. If somebody's afraid to take that next step, we can just say, well, or you could eat a spider. There you (laughs) go. If you're afraid of something, would you rather do that something or eat a spider? Would you rather listen to our show or eat a spider? Show. Definitely the show. (laughs) Can I get back to you on that one? (laughs) Would you rather edit our show or eat a spider? Eat a spider. (laughs) Wow. Well, that's the tracks that we jumped back there. (laughs) all right i think we've gone down this spider hole enough thank you everybody for watching or listening um if you would like to be a guest on the show you can go to podcasteditorsmastermind.com slash be a guest just fill out the application we'd love to have you if you want to work out work on some of your own imposter syndrome we are happy to workshop that with you on the show i will uh caveat 
here. If you have sent a request in, I want to apologize because my email client thought they were all spam. So I just found oh, no. about eight applications in my <gasps> spam folder. So if you haven't heard from us, it's not because we're ignoring you. I will be getting in touch very, very shortly. Wow. And I apologize. So can I plug the one thing that doesn't actually make any difference for the show? Absolutely. If you would like to leave some feedback by giving us a rating and review, this will do absolutely nothing to grow the show, but it'll make us feel good. And we like sparkles and glitter and unicorns and stuff. And you can do that by visiting lovethepodcast.com slash P-E-M for Podcast Editor's Mastermind. That's a quick link that'll give you three different places that you can leave feedback depending on what device you're using. And I, for one, would love to read that feedback and, you know, sparkles and glitter all over the place and feel good about myself. So lovethepodcast.com slash P-E-M. I love it. And also don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, and all the other apps. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us personally, my name is Daniel Abendroth, and you can find me at rothmedia.audio. I'm Brian Ensminger. You can find me at toptieraudio.com. If after listening to this episode, you ever <laughs> want to talk to me again, that's where you'll find me. <laughs> I'm Carrie Caulfield. Eric, you probably don't want to talk to me, but um, the off chance you do you can find me at yayapodcasting.com or, you know, find me on Instagram at Carrie Eric. And not able to join us tonight has been Jennifer Longworth. You can find her at bourbonbarrelpodcasting.com. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And we'll see you next time. Bye, y'all. Uh, um, so- how much is that? <gasps> Turn down your game. How do we know I, we're not live? Well, I clicked lo- clicked end and then it didn't. <laughs> okay, so we're I good. did it again. <laughs> it just ended. <laughs> oh my god! All right, stopped recording. This is a level of professionalism that you can expect from the podcast editor's mastermind. <laughs>